This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Hyman, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. And we are also in studio with our guest today, which (laughs) hardly ever happens. So we're super excited to have Connor Nelson. That Connor is our Senior Vice President of Human Resources. Did I get that right? You got that absolutely right. (laughs) We're we're really glad to have you here in in our podcast room. So we want to start off with you telling us just a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about what you do here at LifeWay. Okay, that's fantastic. First of all, thank you, ladies, for having me. It's so good to be up close and personable and in the same (laughs) room. It's it's exactly awesome. So uh, a little bit about me. I'm married, and um, my husband and I have one daughter, and she is an adult who's married and has two of the best little boys in the whole wide world. (laughs) Leo is five and Langston is three. And we just love being able to spend time with them. Uh, I'm originally from Indiana. And uh, that's where I grew up. That's where I went to college for my undergrad. But we have lived in a myriad of places. We've kind of lived all over. And I moved here to Nashville from the East Coast. Uh, So I've been at Lifeway for, it's hard to believe this, for five years now. (laughs) And I have the pleasure of leading the organizational development team, which currently is comprised of all things human resources, as well as our communications team. Yeah. Just a small job. I know. Just, Just, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we always like to ask our guests, from Lifeway, how they got to work at Lifeway. So tell us a little bit about your journey that led you here in this role. So that's an interesting story. (laughs) I was working for Verizon on the East Coast, and my husband had worked at Verizon as well, but had retired. And we kept saying, you know, it's time for us to decide where we're going to live next, because we were both super tired of the Nor'easters. I Mm. mean, you know, whenever you shovel out uh, and (laughs) snow blow out 26 inches of snow, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm over that. So we were ready to get to a warmer climate. Nashville was always an area that we thought about as a next place to live. But our daughter uh, had just had our first grandson, and she's living in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. So that was a major draw for us to come here. And we found a place. uh, We started building in Franklin, Tennessee. And then before I left Verizon, I got a call from a recruiter Mm. uh, who found me on LinkedIn and saw all of my background, that I had HR experience, that I got my master's at Dallas Baptist, and they said, we've got this great job for this Christian organization, and they want somebody to be a transformational HR leader. It looks like it fits your background. Would you be interested? And I said, it sounds amazing, but where is it? Because we're (laughs) in the process of relocating as soon as I leave Verizon. And they said, Nashville. So it was exactly where we were already coming. So it just really felt very God-inspired. And uh, I'm so excited I said yes. Wow. 
that I don't, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that LinkedIn, a recruiter found you on LinkedIn and they reached out to you. That's amazing. I've actually had that happen a number of times. Uh-huh. I tell people all the time, LinkedIn is a real thing and it really does work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, now I don't want anybody rushing there because right. we don't want to lose any right. of our Lifeway talent. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I Maybe hardly, some ever, I hardly to... ever really get on LinkedIn. How, I'm, I'm confessing yeah. that I, I guess I, because I'm not looking for a job. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's I've it. started getting on more as I've like worked with the HR team on our oh, yeah. corporate communication. So I've, I've explored it a little bit more. But before then, I was not. I was like, I probably need to update it then if I'm gonna like my own profile. If I'm gonna be on with Lifeway and um, posting there, I should probably also update mine. So yeah. from a yeah. professional standpoint, it's a top you know, social yeah, media yeah. site, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Did you know much about Lifeway when you came, I mean, when you got that call? I did. Okay. I did because one of the places I had lived previously was Texas. Okay. And so Lifeway had a very big presence there mm-hmm. and I had been uh, a major customer there. And really when I moved to, I, I moved to the New York, New Jersey area yeah. and there wasn't a Lifeway store in that mm-hmm. space where I lived. And I, totally missed it Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah I I was very familiar with Lifeway now I'll admit I didn't know all of the things that Lifeway was involved in I was really more knowledgeable about the retail side of Lifeway and the store experience Mm -hmm. and purchasing products in that space I didn't know there were camps I didn't know there was a conference center you know all of those other things that um, you know we all know are a part of Lifeway way in total. I wasn't familiar with that. But as, you know, a provider of Christian resources, and as a consumer of that, Mm -hmm. I was always a fan. Yeah, Yeah. that's interesting. So Kana, a lot of our listeners, they kind of want to know the behind the scenes, like really what does happen at Lifeway. And we don't want to tell them everything, but no, (laughs) we'll keep it on the good side. But no, really, in HR, that's a very different role. So tell us a little bit about like what you do on a day-to-day basis. What's your routine look like? And then maybe, like, what's your favorite part of your job? So my routine is different every day. Yep. Uh, there is so much that's going on and uh, a lot of variety that happens within the job. Some of those things we can't talk about, right? right. <laughs> so, you know, it's always, there's always those secret or confidential kinds of things when you're in the HR space. But, uh, you know, some of the things that we get to do are that I love are employee surveys. I think hearing the voice Mm -hmm. of the employee and really saying, we did this, what do you think about it? And then being able to respond to that is absolutely critical to how we grow and develop our culture and and really how we work with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, Lifeway is all about who we are as a Christian organization and a provider of Christian resources, but how we work internally is so important to who we are Mm -hmm. and how we treat each other. So the part that I love is being able to be part of the culture and to lead some of the culture teams that we've put in place Mm -hmm. this year and to really have an opportunity to influence that when people come to Lifeway, they are onboarded in a way that says, we value you, we value the expertise that you bring, Mm -hmm. and this is a place where we want you to feel like you belong and that what you does matters for the kingdom. And so to be able to influence that and participate in that space is amazing. 
get the opportunity and the pleasure of working with some awesome leaders uh, around the table and and to help them see the people side yeah. of everything yeah. as they work on ministry solutions, as they work on what's next from a resource perspective, as they work on strategies for the future. And you know, you can have all the strategies in the world, but what really makes that come to life and be executed well are the people mm. behind that who make it happen. And so to be able to participate in that as a, as a true partner with leaders is, is something that I get really razzed about. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Well, and speaking of leadership, we know that you work in that space. You're with a lot of leaders. So are there any um, favorite books or podcasts or advice that you might have for our, le- for our listeners about leadership? So I would I I love to read. So yes. <laughs> I I do sometimes I feel like currently I don't have as much time to read as as what I would really like and if you would see my ebook you would be like have you read all those books? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them I've just sort of scanned, right. right? But there are a few books. They're not necessarily on the topic of leadership mm-hmm. in and of itself, but there are a few books that are like my go-to books mm-hmm. in in the space that I'm in professionally. Uh, and even from a ministry perspective, one of my favorite books is The Ideal Team Player okay. uh, by Patrick Lencioni, mm-hmm. uh, because that book tells you how to really get the right person in the organization to be part of your team that's not only competent, but has the right character mm-hmm. and the right culture fit. Yeah. What is it like? Hungry? Hungry, smart. hustle, and smart. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. A- a very similar book to that uh, that's not done in a fable, you know, Patrick right. Lencioni tells it in a story kind of form, uh, is Brad Lominick's book, uh, yeah. H3 Leadership, yeah. where he talks about being humble, hungry, and hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those those kind of character books, yeah. because I think, you know, one of our values at Lifeway is mm-hmm. what? We care yeah. about mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Character is so important. I can, I can teach people some competencies. I can teach them skill sets. But your character is really at the core of who you are. And to find that as you're looking for talent and people to be a part of your team is absolutely essential to the success that you'll have because that will impact your team dynamics. If you bring somebody in who doesn't fit in that space, Mm -hmm. it will make it very difficult for you to really have successful team dynamics and to be able to work together well. So I love that. When you're talking about change, which, you know, we... You know, there's that saying that says change is the one constant. Yeah. (laughs) But in the last couple of years, I mean, we have been right in the thick of change. And and the whole world has been the last year and a half. Exactly. That's my point, Elizabeth, the the entire world. And so um, you still can't get any better than John Cotter's books on change, Mm -hmm. whether it's leading change, the heart of change, or, you know, he has a little... um, 
fable kind of story that's called Our Iceberg is Melting Mm -hmm. that's done with penguins, right? (laughs) And so, you know, fun books like that that have great messages, I think uh, people can take those concepts and they learn them and they keep them. There's a book called The Culture Code that I like. Yeah, we just Uh, I just finished reading that. Did you finish it? Tina was telling me that she was reading that too. So uh, she's working on one of our uh, culture teams. And so that was a book there. And then Bet on Talent is another good book. And lastly, our leadership team has uh, been reading The Boys in the Boat. Oh, that's one of Elizabeth's favorites. I'm just a little bit into it, so I'm taking it with me on vacation. So, yeah. So, so Elizabeth, don't ask me stories. Don't ask me questions about the story (laughs) of The Boys in the Boat yet. I I haven't gotten very far, but I am reading it. I am reading it. And I I do like the aspect of what that means Mm -hmm. to be in the boat with people and to have it click. You know, all of those things are absolutely essential to um, how work gets done and and how we live together, how we create Mm -hmm. community, Mm -hmm. how we create connectivity. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think what you guys need to do as a senior leadership team, you need to go visit my hometown of Oklahoma City because that's where the Olympic Training Center is for oh, rowing. Wow. And you can take wow. lessons. Wow. You can. And you can do it as a group kind of and to learn sort of like leadership a team building. Yes. 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 So Elizabeth and I will launch it. We will go. I yes. I rode one semester in college. That's so right. That's I, right. Yeah. Rode crew. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> so I have so know. much experience from so those much like experience. two months that I did it. You have more experience but, than probably <laughs> the rest of us. So there you go. But yeah. I would love to uh, lead in that area. <laughs> there you go. Maybe I could be oh, the, awesome. well, no, I couldn't. I was going to say the coxswain who steers it, but I was like, I feel like I don't have that level of expertise, so I, you don't yeah. want me steering it. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. My arms are not that strong, so it'd be, it'd be yeah. hard for me to, yeah. So, Connor, there's a lot of people who, who they, you know, contact Elizabeth and I or Lifeway Women, and they'll say, what, what do we have to do to work for Lifeway? Yeah. Like, I want a job at Lifeway. So... What are some ways people can find jobs at Lifeway? So I love hearing that, right? Yes. Because it's all about trying to find great talent. Yeah. And it's so important to do that. And, you know, right now, I mean, it's very, very competitive right. to find good talent. Uh, even in the space that we've been in in the pandemic, I, th- I feel like there's been a heightened sense of competitiveness in that space. Right. Uh, but easily go, you know you can easily go to our website and go to lifeway.jobs we post all of our positions there you click on the get connected button and it will walk you through how to get more information and how to look at our jobs and then i always suggest to people that it's a great idea to follow us on linkedin yeah. and so you know you you get more and more of a flavor of who of who lifeway is as an employer mm-hmm. when you connect in those ways yeah, for sure. I feel like this is a LinkedIn ad. This I do podcast. too. Yes, sponsored <laughs> today. Great. Yeah, sponsored today by LinkedIn. But um, I mean, and and I think people need to realize because, and we were talking about this this week because we are content creators. Right. So we you are we are a publishing company, mm-hmm. but we also have this balance of technology. Right. So we're also looking for really great talent in technology for IT people, for people who can help us with our websites and digital products, things like that. So there's there's a big variety. We do variety. a lot of different things here, we yeah. Do, for we sure. do, for sure. Yeah, even within publishing, there's several different kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. And so I think people a lot of times don't realize like all the different things that, like you said, that Lifeway does um, and ways they can be connected for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. 
So something that's really fun that we all got to work on that we for sure want to bring up is this year's Advent study with Lifeway Women. So this year's is called Our Hope Has Come. And listeners can grab a copy of it now to be ready for Advent. And so let's talk about the study a little bit. We all contributed to it. I know we were talking beforehand that we all had to look up what we had written because <laughs> we it's been it a few year, months. Yeah, a year and, ago, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it has. Yeah. It was and a then, long time ago. Um, we're recording this early, so right. it's not even out. We're we're really jumping through time right now <laughs> with That's this true. conversation. But yes, tell us a little bit about what you wrote about this year and maybe if you learned anything new or God kind of spoke to you through his word as you wrote this year in a study? So I had the pleasure of writing on the book of Ruth. And I think the first thing you'd probably Uh. think of for Advent, right? (laughs) Right. Uh, But with, you know, with it being our hope has come, you think about the book of Ruth and there is so much about hope Mm -hmm. that is just woven throughout the entire, the entire book, right? I love the story of Ruth. First of all, I love a good romance story, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I am I am really sort of a sucker for that. And I it had special meaning to me because when my daughter was a teenager, for one of our devotions, I chose the book of Ruth and used that as, you know, just examples of life in of you know, an older woman with a younger woman. There, right. I mean, there's just so mm-hmm. many things that you could have teachable moments with mm-hmm. your daughter in that story. And then to talk about, you know, the love aspect of it. Um, and so it was just really great to have the opportunity to to highlight the book of Ruth. I think, you know, there. It doesn't start out as your typical love story, you know, where people are all starry-eyed, right? Um, I mean, it starts out in a place of difficulty and challenge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a famine and and Naomi and her sons and her husband go to this land, right? And and then they find wives there and and then the sons die. I mean, Mm -hmm. so there's lots of tragedy. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Naomi realizes she has to go back home and... But Ruth goes with her. And so if you ask me some of the things that I think probably were highlighted to me was really the aspect of hope that you find in Mm -hmm. the story of Ruth and Naomi. But there was also this element of favor Mm -hmm. and favor for for, you know, Naomi as a mother-in-law who did not have to have loyal a loyal daughter-in-law. You know, one of her daughter-in-laws chose not to go with her, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But Ruth did. And that loyalty and commitment was Mm -hmm. at a time when Ruth was feeling, I mean, when Naomi was feeling so rejected and down that to have that commitment of a younger woman in her life that was like a daughter to her. And so, you know, on and on, there's just so much in the book about the favor that God provides um, that I think is just amazing. And I I don't want to tell my whole devotional because (laughs) I want people to buy the Advent study. Um, But I do think that there's just, you know, all the way from, you know, when... Uh, she does end up marrying Boaz, this wealthy older man, mm-hmm. and the the favor for her 
because he allows her to glean in his fields and even tells his men, leave her a little extra. Right. You know, isn't it great when God gives you extra? <laughs> yeah. um, he, it's just like putting, you know, extra icing on your cupcake, right? right. Uh, and so that's the kind of favor that you see through throughout all of that. Um, and it's certainly favor for Boaz, too, who... I mean, I'm sure, did he really expect to get this young, beautiful, virtuous right. woman at that age in his life, right? So, so much of that. And then the hope that is provided through the Kingsman Redeemer, right. right? So that is the ultimate aspect of it. And to know that we, as believers in Christ, have been redeemed by our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, beautiful. It's all beautiful. And yes. just the lineage story of yes yes Yes, that more favor right right. (laughs) absolutely what about you kelly what did you write for that you know so mine was towards the end and Mm -hmm. elizabeth i think you and i were on the same week but it was about when jesus talks about the signs of the end times Mm -hmm. and so one of the things as i was studying and as i was kind of looking at some commentaries that really stood out to me was that when Jesus talks about the end times and he says, you know, there's going to be these signs and you're going to see these signs in the sky or, you know, signs of of creation, things that are going to happen in the physical um, world, there, you can go back to also when the wise men followed Jesus and came through the star, there were, there was signs in the sky. Yeah. And for the wise man, the signs in the sky meant that there was that it, it was traditionally interpreted as someone that was like the rise of kings. Mm-hmm. That's why they went to Herod because they yeah. thought there's a rise of a king, right? Mm-hmm. And Herod was there, and so that was that made it a good reason for them to go to Herod. But then you see, oh, the second coming, the signs that Jesus announces again is the signs of a new king and a new kingdom. And I think that's um, such, again, hope. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought the whole theme this year of just, you know, our hope has come, but yet our hope is still coming. He's coming yes. again. So that was important to me in, in mine. What about you, Elizabeth? I, like you said, was toward the end of the study. Yeah. And so I wrote on First Peter 1, um, which is, a passage that we may be familiar with some parts of it, but verse three is blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you. So I kind of wrote about that, Mm -hmm. that hope, like the the big hope that we have for the future and our inheritance. But one of the things that really stuck out to me was I kind of did a little bit of word study on living because Uh I was like, what does a living hope even mean? Like, what Mm -hmm. is that? What does that look like? What does that mean? And so one of the Greek dictionaries, um, I believe it was Thayer's Greek lexicon, um, talked about in the context of First Peter 1, 3, that living is having vital power in itself and exerting the same upon the soul, which mm. I was like, this is a powerful hope. Yeah. Like that is so big and i think a lot of times i think of hope as like this kind of meek thing like Mm -hmm. oh i'm just hoping Mm -hmm. and like kind of like a waiting thing but i was like no this is a powerful Mm -hmm. hope it is alive and Mm -hmm. and that is working inside of me and exerting itself upon the soul which i was Mm -hmm. like oh my goodness that is 
big and yeah. powerful and not the way that I had thought about hope um, before. And I definitely, I mean, I love hope. It's a great thing, but I had <laughs> never really thought about it being like such a powerful aspect of our faith and something that is like actually exerting itself, its own power on our soul. So mm-hmm. that was a big Okay, um, just listening to you two, I feel like I've had church today, and now I'm like, I'm excited. like, okay, I'm ready for Advent. Let's yes. get to study. I'm ready to do it. Yeah, I know. I love um, being able to do the Advent studies. I think yes. they're so fun. Advent is one of my favorite times yes. of year um, because it is that that hope and that anticipation. Uh-huh. I couldn't get the word out. Um, yeah. So while we talk about Advent and Christmas. Uh-huh. Are there any special Christmas traditions in your family or some ways that you plan to celebrate this year? I know we're far out as we're recording this, but it won't be quite as far out when listeners are listening. So what do you have planned, Kana, for this year? So one of our family traditions is we always bake Christmas cookies. Mm -hmm. And I have kind of been the person in the family for years and years and years, even before I had grandchildren. I was the one. I was the aunt. I was the mom who baked the cookies and all the kids would come over. And but, you know, in the last few years, it's been extra sweet because I've been able to do that with my grandsons. And so so we will do that and do it in a fun way. I make them junior bakers. They have (laughs) well, I put little, you know, chef hats on them and aprons. And, you know, of course, they they can't wait till it's time to to put the icing on. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a masterpiece all over the countertop (laughs) because there's do you have sprinkles and everything? Oh, sprinkles are a must. And I have my eldest grandson has a really big sweet tooth. So you have to hide some of that or he'll be eating it. Right. Uh, But one of our favorite, favorite family traditions is uh, for Christmas is we have a custom that you can't open presents until we read the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. And so um, that honor has always gone to uh, the youngest child who can read okay and oh, so so, so we have done that just for many 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 years and you know I still have pictures of my daughter doing that mm-hmm. and my husband sitting next to her and helping her through as she was reading the Christmas story and I just can't wait until uh, my eldest grandson can be the one to, right. to read the Christmas story so, so he might be close this year we'll right because be really. he's he <laughs> is starting to read a little bit mm-hmm. and so I'm excited to see if we can't make that happen yeah so. maybe find like a children's book or children's yes. bible yes. Uh, version yeah. for him yes. yeah yes. Yes. that would yes. be really fun oh yeah, yeah. And Kelly we've talked about Christmas traditions before but ha- do you have anything that you're planning special this year or uh-huh. yeah because you have uh-huh. There's a, a big really addition special. in your family I do I am going to be having a grandson around oh, Christmas so and so my first grandchild so I'm I'm just excited <laughs> He although, probably won't be ready yet to bake cookies or no, read the Christmas story. No, although, you know, when they first told us, I was like, oh, we were supposed to have Christmas in Tennessee this oh, year. So I guess we're Tennessee in, Christmas. Yeah, so, but <laughs> I guess we're not. Um, but that's OK. The, I, I would much rather have the grandchild. And so we're right. We'll def- but now I'm torn. I'm like, do I even put up a Christmas tree? Oh, yeah, of course yeah, I will. I definitely. Will. I will. There's still time. You know, beforehand so, and yeah. after, you know, That's leave right. it up as long as you want. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you know what you're going to do yet? Um, I don't. Will you... We might um, go on a trip or something. I'm yeah, not really so sure. Your family's really big on doing stuff yeah. together. Yeah. So we usually go um, 
and look at Christmas lights on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve yeah. is kind of more our uh, family time mm-hmm. together. And then we open all of our presents on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and then we do like grandparents and all that the next day, extended family on Christmas Day. But um, I was trying to think, like, I know we've talked about our Andrew Peterson concert, yes. Behold the Lamb of God. Yes. I go to that every year. That's a big tradition for me. Um, but one tradition that I have that's similar to your uh, cookies is um, I have two little girls that I call my nieces um, and a little boy. He's he's still young, so he's not yet part of the tradition, but uh, they're my friend's kids, and they we make gingerbread houses together. And oh, we buy great. the like already made, like mm-hmm. we're not trying to bake the gingerbread and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But it goes, I think, similarly to how yours goes, where there's a lot of icing consumed during the making <laughs> of it. Um, and a lot of sprinkles, a lot mm-hmm. of like mini M&Ms and all that. But it's so fun. And last year we did it via Zoom because they moved away mm-hmm. and also um, they had COVID during that time. So oh, no. I couldn't go visit. So we just did it via Zoom and I sent them the gingerbread ahead of time and then um, I watched as they created them. I forgot to buy my own though. And so I just <laughs> had to like watch while they did it. But it was still sweet and fun to see them and um, be able to do that. That's so fun. that's a fun tradition that oh, I have. Those are great goodness. memories. Yeah. Oh. Well, okay, so we heard that you're a vegetarian, which, you know, a lot of people, you know, when we talk about Christmas food always comes up. How do you like what are what does your Christmas meal look like? So true confession here. I'm a vegetarian, but my husband is not. (laughs) (laughs) He will eat any and all meat. And so um, I I recognize that while it's a lifestyle that I've chosen, it's not for everybody. And so I will prepare meat. Um, and um, so there'll probably be Christmas ham or roast or something on the table. But my plate will have green beans, and uh, I love either mashed potatoes or baked potato mm-hmm. um, made, you know, in a vegan way. And um, mac and cheese, too. You know, anything that I have would be sort of, while I've been vegetarian, I've kind of moved toward vegan. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll have lots of salad. um, And for dessert, I'm a big pie eater. Oh, me too. Oh, yes. I'm not really, you know, a lot of people love cakes. And I grew up, my mom was an amazing baker. And um, we always you know, baked pies and cakes, but pie is my favorite. Me too. So Me too. I will have several different, probably fruit pies or maybe a lemon pie okay. of some sort. I haven't figured out how to do lemon pie yet, or I haven't tried to do a lemon pie yet in a vegan kind of way. So, yeah. but definitely a fruit yeah. pie. That's okay. okay, we're going to show up at Connor's house. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel <laughs> like we may need to start a pie day tradition at Lifeways. So there we have you go. Many pie there, yeah, we there can do go. that. That'll be part of the yeah. culture. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Connor, we got, we got that for you. Um, so the one question that we ask everybody and we wanted to ask you and hear from you is what is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? Wow, just one. Uh, I, know, I don't know if hard, I can do just one. It doesn't have to be one, the one right, thing. Right, right. right. I, <laughs> one of well, the you know, things. There's just so many things that, that I could I mean, I love the book of John, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because it talks so much about the love of Christ. I love the verse in John 10 that says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know mm-hmm. them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. I mean, I think there is just so much in that that says 
He loves me. He cares for me. He protects me. Uh, and I am secure in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have been marked in my Christian journey uh, by knowing that and knowing that I know the voice of the Lord and can discern it. And it's a game changer for you mm-hmm. in your journey with Christ. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, if I could you know, just take a liberty here and ask something else, would be <laughs> ordinary people. Mm-hmm. There have been so many beautiful saints of God in my life that have shown me Christ just through how they've lived their Christian journey. Um, And they have been plain salt of the earth kind of people that have taken the time to invest in me, to teach me from early days to adulthood about the ways of the Lord. And they've shown me that in their walk as they live according to his will. And so it was always just so important for me to know that you don't have to have uh, all, you know, be a major theologian or, I mean, you Mm -hmm. can just simply be someone like the little boy who had the fish and the loaves of bread and God can take whatever resources that you have and use them for his glory and for his kingdom. And so, you know, those have been things that have been really important to me. And of course, you know, one of the most important examples of that, uh, that I never fail to tell people would be my mother. I had the pleasure of of growing up with a very strong Christian mother. My dad died when I was very young, and she just was a beautiful woman of God that used all the resources that she had, uh, even when they were limited, to do to make herself available and to use them for God's glory in His kingdom. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, we love hearing about like ordinary people, like you said, that mm-hmm. are just living faithful lives Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. and that's what one of the things we hope to highlight on the mark podcast is you know we have leaders like you we have authors Mm -hmm. and speakers and people that everybody kind of knows their name but we also want to highlight people who no one or not a lot of people know their name but the people that do know their name love them and um, definitely have seen christ through them and so yeah, that's one yeah. of our hopes. So I love hearing that. Well, Beautiful. Thank you so much, Connor. This has been a fun conversation. And I do hope our listeners will look at lifeway.com and find yeah. the Advent study and we'll have join links us. in the show yes. notes. And we'll have links to our jobs website too if you want right. to um, find us on LinkedIn or find us through our jobs and see what we've got going on and join our team. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's a great place to work. <laughs> it is a great that's place. That's right. To and, work. you know, one of the things that we say all the time about Lifeway is faith works here. And so if you're interested in being a part of the Lifeway family, you know, you can bring your faith and all the things that you have learned and experienced, and it works here. Yes, I love it. All right, listeners. Well, thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinemann. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. 
You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.